a little later, maybe next segment, we should play some Bill Burr, a uh, comedian, uh, doing his stand-up at the opening of Saturday Night Live. His oh, stuff about man. Gay Pride Month and uh, <laughs> Black History Month was pretty good. And then uh, there was controversial, and then also his stuff about white women. Woke white chicks. Oh, priceless. So we'll play all that for you. That's pretty good. Oh, Twitter Jack is outraged. Uh, I think Senator Ben Sass in Nebraska might be the Republicans' best hope for uh, ever getting back on uh, on track. He is an incredibly intelligent and honorable human. And part of it is he's willing to explain things, yeah. which I think the Republican Party has been so terrible at for a long time. I would like to officially volunteer to be Ben Sass's dumb friend to make him seem even smarter. How old is I he? I don't think he needs that. But I am willing to serve that role, Give serve me an age. in that role. Give me an age on him. I'm thinking he's 42. He's 49. Oh, really? Not only is he way smarter than everybody. Well, I'm guessing, but he's smarter. He's more ambitious. He's more energetic. And he looks younger than the he's rest of us. He's 48. So in 30 yeah. years, he can run for president. <laughs> he looks like he's 40. He does. That was funny, Sean. I credit you with that. He does. He could even be a weathered, like, 37-year-old. Yeah. But uh, anyway. Yeah. I hate him for that. Yeah, there's a lot to hate. I love him, but I hate him. (laughs) But anyway, so the um, the Judiciary Committee in the Senate, which has the job of getting nominees through to the Supreme Court, is meeting right now, and they each get a 10 minute opening statement. And I thought I'd play at least a little bit of Ben Sasses of Nebraska. I thought this was pretty good. It's a it's a little lesson in government, which I hope you don't find dull. I thought it was interesting, though rather uh, basic. But we need more of that because. Here, here. Um, well, we don't have civics classes in school anymore. People don't actually understand the way the government works. And then there's kind of a funny ending at the payoff of this. But anyway, here we go. Ben Sass. I think it would be very useful for us to pause and remind ourselves and do some of our civic duty to eighth graders uh, to help them realize what a president runs for, what a senator runs for, and on the other hand, why Judge Barrett is sitting before us today and what the job is that you're being evaluated for. So if if we can back up and do a little bit of uh, eighth grade civics, I think it would benefit us and benefit uh, the watching country and especially watching eighth grade civics classes. So I'd like to... um, distinguish first between civics and politics because there was a time the chairman said at the beginning of this hearing uh, there was a time when people that would be as different as Ruth Bader Ginsburg and she was a heroic woman that's absolutely true and Antonin Scalia another brilliant mind and, and your mentor people that different could both go through the Senate and get confirmation votes of 95 or 98 votes and the chairman said at the beginning of the hearing he doesn't know what happened between then and now, I think some of what happened between then and now um, is we decided to forget what civics are and allow politics to swallow everything. So if I can start, I'd like to just remind us of the distinction between civics and politics. Um, Civics is the stuff we're all supposed to agree on regardless of our policy views differences. Um, Civics is another way we talk about the rules of the road. Civics 101 is the stuff like Congress writes laws. The executive branch enforces laws. Courts apply them. None of that stuff should be different if you're a Republican or a Democrat or a Libertarian or a Green Party member. This is basic civics. Civics is the stuff that all Americans should agree on, like religious liberty is essential. People should be able to fire the folks who write the laws, and we can't, the voters can't fire the judges. Judges should be impartial. This is just civics 101. 
Politics is different. Politics is the stuff that happens underneath civics. Civics is the overarching stuff we as Americans agree in in common. Politics is the subordinate, less important stuff that we differ about. Politics is like if I look at my friend Chris Coons and I say, listen up, Jack Wagon, what you want to do on this particular finance committee bill is going to be way too expensive and might bankrupt our kids. Or if Chris looks back at me and says, listen up, Jack Wagon, you're too much of a, a cheapskate and you're underinvesting in the next generation. That's a really important debate. That's a political debate. That's not civics. Civics is more important than that. I thought that was really good stuff. Uh, Ending yes. with the Jack Wagon, which you don't hear that much out of senators. Well, trading jack wagon blasts <laughs> well what happened to the comedy of this deliberative body listen up jack wagon <laughs> <laughs> that's good stuff oh why isn't there more of that that goes on uh, in government just yeah, like folks a, does a, that not gladden your heart just to hear somebody and speaking like that and the tone of it just the i don't like i don't have my hand on my watch and my wallet thinking okay you're trying to steal from me when you're given a speech like that why can't we have more of that on both sides? Right. Rahm Emanuel, the tape we played for you last Gays hour. Gays will be back in the closet. Women will be in the back alleys if Amy Comey Barrett, Coney Barrett is uh, nominated. Uh, I hasten to point out, you remember Gorsuch? He's a monster, too. Uh, where are those monstrous decisions? I'm, I'm waiting for Kavanaugh, the alleged gang rapist, which is one of the most horrific episodes in American judicial history. Uh, where are those monstrous, horrific decisions that we were warned about? He's behaving... Like the learned and respective legal scholar that he is. Quit with the trying to terrify people. God, I was just, um, I saw a clip of it the other day. After days of him being drugged through the mud in a way I don't think anybody ever has been in our nation's history. Not since they were beating each other with canes in the House of Representatives. When he finally got to speak, like Amy Coney Barrett's going to do here in a few minutes. Um, and he, and he came out so hot. I remember yeah. listening to that in my car and thinking, boy, I don't know about this tone. It clearly was the right tone yeah. in retrospect. But he was, this whole process has been disgusting. I mean, yes. just, and he oh, was right. It, it was it, great. It was disgusting. It was one of my favorite moments of all time. <laughs> That's funny. I remember I was sitting here in the studio still watching it. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, well done, Ben Sass. Well done, sir. A lot of good stuff to come. I just, uh, I'm bursting with things we need to talk about. You got the um, things we don't know about the yeah, Supreme Court. Are you I, saving that for? Absolutely do. We, no, we, well, we can start right now. I'll tell you what's <clears> good <throat> is we got to get to that Bill Barr, Barr stuff, Burr stuff. Yeah. They're, one's the Attorney Boy. General, one's a saucy comedian. Yeah, if you hire Bill Barr to come do comedy, <laughs> you're, you're going to be a really unpopular uh, booking agent. This guy sucks. Although, if you hire Bill Burr to come speak to your civics class, they right. might be amused. I'm not sure they're going to learn as much as they should. Right. Have. You ask Bill Burr. To look into uh, the uh, uh, Russia Gate collusion hoax, you may come up with conclusions you don't with the uh, conclusions you don't like. Comedian Terrible. Bill Burr hosted Saturday Night Live, and some of his stuff has been on uh, Twitter. Is upset. Did I mention that Twitter is outraged? Oh God, Jack. The court was around for 145 years before it got a permanent home of its own. Confirmed, uh, convened rather, first time in New York. The Supreme uh, Court was homeless? It was. It was. It was living in a tent under an overpass. Got any spare change? I'm a justice. 1790, <laughs> New York City. 1791 to 1800, Philadelphia, which served as the capital while Washington, D.C. was under construction. Starting in Feb 01, they went to Washington, where they uh, occupied various sites in the Capitol building for more than a century. After the British burned the Capitol in 1814, never forget... The court even temporarily met in a private home. 
1929, at the urging of Chief Justice William Taft, who, A, was a previous president before he was the Supreme Court Chief Justice, and, B, he really knew his way around a hoagie. (laughs) Uh, William Taft uh, had Congress authorize uh, money to erect a building the court would call its own. Is that the only president and SCOTUS combination? Yes. Did he come up with the idea for the robes to kind of cover everything up? Robes are flattering, Jack. I don't know if he did, but if he didn't, he should have. wear something a little less uh, constraining? Yeah, a little less tight. (laughs) Free-flowing. What would you think of, like, big, giant black robes? Black (laughs) slimming, you know. That's probably enough of that. Uh, (laughs) Yes, Sean, uh, Chief uh, Justice William Taft was the only American to serve in uh, the highest levels of the Senate, uh, the Supreme Court, and he was the president. That's quite the triple crown. Yeah. So that was an early, enough early 20th century body shaming? Well, I'm just saying, get to the appetizer tray before the present. (laughs) As to the question of how many justices, um, U.S. Constitution establishes the Supreme Court, but left it up to Congress to decide how many justices should make up the court. 1789, it was six. They realized not long after, uh, that's an even number. We're getting a lot of three to wow. threes. So the founding fathers missed that one, huh? Well, the uh, the Congress did. The early Congress did. Yeah. Uh, in 1807. You can't have an even number? I know. Clearly. You'd think they'd figure that out. But, you know, you get, you're riding horses. You got the cholera. You're wearing a wig. I don't know. In 1807, they went to seven. In 1837, they went up to nine. In 1863, it rose to ten. Back to an even number. A few years later, Congress passed the Judicial Circuits uh, Circus Circuits Act. It wasn't a, well. It is a Judicial Circus, Chairman. Uh, no, they 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 brought it back to nine. Three years later, uh, in thirty seven, nineteen thirty seven, uh, President Roosevelt attempted to pack the court up to fifteen members. Congress said uh, no. But it's Both been parties. but it's been nine since the eighteen seventies. Uh eighteen sixty nine. That's a long time that it's been nine. Yeah. I, but I, I don't think even the Republican opponents are doing a job of uh, explaining to people what the hell that means. Right. And, and why it's a bad idea to have that back in play after 165 years or whatever it's been. I'm, I'm, I'm not so good at the math. Uh, 160. Uh, good news for you, Positive Sean. There are no official qualifications for becoming a Supreme Court justice. Shout out. Dream the dream. Constitution spells out age, citizenship, and residency for becoming the POTUS or a member of Congress, but mentions no rules for joining the uh, highest court. To date, six justices have been foreign-born. The most recent, Felix Frankfurter, delicious on a bun, who served on the court from 39 to 62. He was re- born in Vienna, Austria. I recall that's uh, Tim Sandifer's favorite justice. The Frankfurter. Yeah. The a humble Frankfurter. A Frankfurter born in Vienna. Those are two different sausages. Right? How many sausage references are there with this guy? And he married uh, Helena Brockwurst <laughs> in a ceremony on the Potomac. <laughs> oh, man, we need to take a break. Yeah, we do. And this is just gaining momentum. we got to get the Bill Burr stuff in because yes. it's pretty good. Let's do Bill Burr. First, from Saturday Night Live. Yes, sir. And then we will continue with these fascinating <laughs> things you might not have known about the U.S. Supreme Court. Armstrong and Getty.
Armstrong and Getty Show. Dude, you know when you're just like stuck in the matrix and you just can't, everything's just pressed up, you can't see anything, and then somebody gives you that little nugget of information that just pulls it back? Like, why is it so crowded? It's Gay Pride Month. Ah, tank tops. Seven percent body fat. Two guys kissing. Rainbow flags. Ah! I didn't know that. That's what I learned. The month of June is Gay Pride Month. That's a little long, don't you think? For a group of people that were never enslaved. How did, how did they get all in June? Dude, black people were actually enslaved. They get February. They get 28 days of overcast weather. Sun goes down at four in the afternoon. Everybody's shivering. Nobody wants to go on the parade. Wow. Wow. The uncomfortable. I don't think I should laugh at this. I got to admit, it took me a while when I first started seeing him on various things to get his act. Just to... He clearly really enjoys the uncomfortableness of yes. it. Yes, he thrives in it. <laughs> oh, wait till we're going to play in in a few minutes. Stay tuned if you can. Um, him enraging woke white chicks, to which uh, the Twitterverse went wild by Twitterverse standards. So stay with us, won't you? Okay. A few more uh, fascinating things you might not know about the U.S. Supreme Court. Oh, Jeff. really? Yeah. They're about to uh, the pass through a justice today. We're hoping, I guess. Voter out of the committee, and then the whole Senate votes. This yeah. is all supposed to be a pretty fast process. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, the uh, voting and that sort of thing, uh, AOC and her crew, the squad and others, have released the People's Charter, um, the Working Families Party, and, and what what should be uh, happening in America. And it is something else, man. It is something else. Oh, uh, tank tops. Off. Two guys kissing. Oh, I know. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Well, back to the Supreme Court. (laughs) Zero percent body fat. Oh, yeah. Justices are appointed for life, but can be impeached. Justice William O. Douglas put in 36 years and seven months on the bench. That's the longest tenure. Boy, is that a good idea? Uh, And that's going to happen more often, not less. He quit in 75. Uh, His successor, John Paul Stevens... Uh, served from 75 to 2010, making him the third longest-serving justice. They're setting a lot of records these days. Although they are appointed for life, more than 50 have chosen to retire or resign, including the likes of John Jay, the first chief justice. The main reason that I like the idea of term limits for justices, and it can be a long term, what what have people thrown around, like, each get a 20-year term or something like that? Yes, actually, that's the number I've heard. I or is it 18? You know, it doesn't matter. That could be argued about and everything like that. It, the the thing that gets screwy, the fact that it's just up to the, the whims of fate to how many justices any particular administration gets to put on seems like a bad idea. It It is odd. It, I and would we, agree. And if you if you had some sort of term limit and each each administration gets X many justices, that, that yeah. seems like a much better way of reflecting what the will of the people is. Yeah, keeping in mind that when the Constitution was written, appointed for life generally meant till you're like 52. Uh, <laughs> right. I mean, you could live longer, certainly, but uh, I'd be willing to discuss that. The idea is that they're not elected so they don't have to kowtow to the whims of the majority. I get that. Because democracy is is mob rule. We have a republic, and, and you don't want your judges, you know, 
I haven't done the math on it, but would you stagger it out so there's like one new one every five years or something like yeah, that? Yeah, there's a plan already put together okay. for that. But yeah, yeah exactly. But mm-hmm. you don't want to have because you could you could currently have in theory you could have two Republican presidents that serve eight years that bookend one four year Democrat in the middle and that person you know appoints four justices and the other two don't any right. I mean that doesn't make any sense. No, it's odd. Uh, the only uh, justice of the Supreme Court ever impeached was Samuel Chase in 1804. They accused him of partisanship. <laughs> so quaint. Uh, he was acquitted, though, and remained on the bench for 15 more years. Mentioned Taft, the only person to serve as president and on the court. He was really an amazing man. A lot of fat jokes at his expense, but he was a brilliant man. George Washington appointed the most justices to the court. Well, that makes sense. Does it? Yeah. Why? Well, because there were zero. <laughs> court packing. He, he packed George the court. Washington was court packing. <laughs> he made 11 appointments to the court. FDR, nine. Wow. Well, you served four terms. That'll... Yeah, that's, that's a, a factor. Mm-hmm. Um, in recent years, the court has received some 10,000 annual requests to review cases. But here's only about 80. Yeah, eighty out of ten thousand. Which they choose, which ones they choose to talk about, is as big a deal as how they rule. Absolutely. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. By the way, the World Health Organization announced uh, overnight that they are against countries using shutdowns as their primary tool to deal with the coronavirus um, as they are interested in health at the World Health Organization. They're a bunch of lying, you know, communist sympathizers, but they're right about this. Um, Too many people are going to die or be damaged by economics and schooling and everything else due to these shutdowns of schools and businesses and disastrous consequences i'm hoping since like the governor of california you know you've got to be pro shutdown because trump's against it you got to be anti-trump all the time maybe since then international the globalists of the world health organization are uh against the shutdowns maybe that will help i hope Looking at this, 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 I saw two of these over the weekend. One in the Washington Post, and this one in the Atlantic. Schools aren't super spreaders. the The information is in. People aren't kids, students, teachers aren't getting COVID like crazy. The places where schools have opened up, they've been opened up for long enough now to take a look at various places across the country. It's okay. Open your freaking school. I would argue that even if the reality were halfway between what it is and the worst case, you should still open those schools because right. it's so incredible, incredibly important for children. But the truth is, and, and everybody's saying this, they're not super spreaders. Everything's going more or less fine. And, you know, to get back to the WHO thing, there was the, uh, the great uh, Barrington Declaration that came out last week. Thousands of your leading disease specialists on Earth Scientists, practitioners, doctors saying, look, the shutdown thing has been a disaster. It has been a disaster, especially for children, especially for poor people. We understand your intentions were good, but we have committed suicide to avoid death. We have we have uh, ensured a 100 percent chance of disaster to avoid 
a middling chance of disaster. It's just a terrible idea. And whether you are are, are that numbskull Cuomo or I call I'm trying to convince people of my position and I call them names. Why would I do that? What kind of man am I? A bitter little man. But whether you're Cuomo or, or Mussolini in California or, or the awful but still uh, should not be kidnapped Governor Whitmer of Michigan, you have to admit you were wrong. Your heart was in the right place. I think it was maybe not, but I'm going to say it was. Your heart was in the right place, but you made a mistake. Open the economy Open the schools. Enough. So this controversial comedian Bill Burr was on SNL. He also played a cool role in The Mandalorian last year. Really liked his part. That was That's cool. right. That was Bill Burr. Yeah. He was a, also one of the uh, the kind of random uh, henchmen is the wrong word, but in the Breaking Bad universe, if there was like a random thing that needed to be done and they needed a guy to go undercover as like a, a county inspector it was bill burr often that's right yeah, yeah. that's right plus he sat at the end of the bench for the lakers he did not play unfortunately <laughs> bill burr is everywhere um he was on saturday night live he said controversial stuff you want to hear it first and then get through reactions i suppose uh, sure right. yeah plowing ahead let's let's talk uh let's talk white women here shall we <laughs> Talk white women, white women, you're amazing, amazing your accomplishments over the last few years. I gotta tell you, the way white women somehow hijack the woke movement, generals around the world should be analyzing this. Just to refresh your memory, the woke movement was supposed to be about people of color, not getting opportunities, the at-bats that they deserved, finally making that happen. And it was about that for about eight seconds. And then somehow, white women swung their Gucci-booted feet over the fence of oppression and stuck themselves at the front of the line. I don't know how they did it. I've never heard so much complaining in my life from white women. My leg was so hard with my SUV and my heated seats. You have no idea what it's like to be me. Trashing white guys. The nerve. Where's the camera? The nerve of you white women. Oh, what? You want more? Yes. Let me, I, listen, I don't want to speak ill of my bitches here, okay? I don't. But let's, let's go back in history here, okay? You guys stood by us toxic white males through centuries of our crimes against humanity. You rolled around in the blood muddy. And occasionally, when you wanted to sneak off and hook up with a black dude, if you got caught, you said it wasn't consensual. Yeah, that's what you did. That's what you did. So why don't you shut up, sit down next to me, and take your talking to. That is some edgy stuff, man. Yeah, I'd say. Woo! Bill Burr. <laughs> the internet was not pleased with it. <laughs> No, the woke crowd absolutely soaked their wadded panties. Oh, the 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 uh, the the outrage, the sputtering, the hand flapping, the name calling, the fascist Nazi Bill hilarious, just beautiful. <laughs> this headline for oh oh, that's right. That reminds me, I had rather a long conversation with uh, somebody who knows Kamala Harris quite well mm. over the weekend that I really ought to tell you about. She's not as bad as I thought. She's far worse. Far worse. As a human. 
We're all pretty hungover today from uh, Michael's blowout wedding that we went out to went to yesterday. Yeah, we ought to tell you about that. Before we get to that, though, I want to follow up the uh, the Bill Burr stuff with this headline from the Babylon Bee: Man who agrees with the media, universities, corporations, and Hollywood thinks he's part of the resistance. That's pretty. Good. That's pretty good. Again, man who agrees with the media, universities, corporations, and Hollywood thinks he's part of the resistance. The Babylon Bee had the honor of sitting down with a local brave hashtag resistance fighter to learn more about the fearless counterculture fighting against hate and other bad stuff like that. According to Doy Keeblesmush, the leader of the local resistance <laughs> movement in Seattle, the ideology consists of whatever the media, universities, corporations, and Hollywood tell them they should think. Yeah, I'm pretty much a free thinker, said Keeblesmush, when interviewed at a protest rally. Uh, sponsored by Kinkos. <laughs> I would say my ideology is an eclectic mix of Vox, Marvel Comics, Starbucks, Twitter feed, and whatever my Sociology 101 professor says. There's a lot of hate and misinformation out there, so it's important that I get my life's moral compass entirely from multi-billion dollar corporations and celebrities. The only exception is dead German philosophers like Marx. They're cool, too. According to Keeble's Mush, blindly following the prevailing winds of culture as dictated by trends and hype is the best way of making sure one is on the, quote, right side of history. It's important to be on the right side of history since that is literally the only way to determine whether something is right or wrong. <laughs> that's actually, that's, that's brilliant. Uh, now, if you'll excuse me, I have to attend an afternoon boycott of my pillow organized by Tempur-Pedic. <laughs> that's great stuff. By the bee. Yeah, that, that reminds me, I came across some stuff over the weekend reconfirming what we've talked about many times, um, how uh, Twitter is not America, Twitter is not political thought. Th- their actual point of view was that maybe Trump and some Republicans have fallen for what Kamala Harris and Elizabeth Warren fell for during their uh, election, that Twitter is America. Oh, boy. And um, huh. Somewhere and, around 50 million adults. Uh, Americans are on Twitter. And then There'll we've a, heard that a tiny percentage of those people are responsible yeah. for the vast majority so of yeah. 150 content. million people are going to vote for president. About 50 million people are on Twitter, and then a tiny percentage of them dominate. Like 1% of Twitter posters dominate the political conversation on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So it's a tiny number of the voters. Right, and it is the most fired up. Yeah, and it's and it's easy if you're Donald Trump or Kamala Harris or whoever's really into Twitter to, you know, start thinking this is the hot story. This is what everybody's talking about. Luckily, I know from my own life and talking to people that most of the time the hot story on Twitter, not only is it not the main thing that people are talking about in real life, they're unaware of its existence, completely unaware that it's even going on. Right. The hot topic of the day, the hot controversy of the day. Most people have no idea it even exists. You know, it strikes me it's very similar to what we've said for years. If you take in your view of what America is or what is happening through the media, you get this wildly distorted funhouse mirror twisted vision of America. And and Twitter is every bit as twisted as MSNBC, for instance. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I just saw, worth remembering. I just saw a headline from the San Diego Union-Tribune. Mexico is about to become the world's biggest legal marijuana market. Who benefits? So Mexico's legalizing pot? Muy bueno. Is that a way to deal with the cartels? Well, they're growing it like crazy, I know, for America. But I don't know much about the Mexican pot situation. look into that. I bought some pots in Mexico, but they're like vessels for, you know, dried flowers, not not marijuana. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Um, uh, So they pulled down. They're overpriced at like $3. (laughs) 
They pulled down some statues in Portland last night. Uh, Antifa <laughs> did. Now, are these people on yes. my all statues are dumb and should be removed thing, or are these more the uh, protest with misguided reasons for, oh, for pulling stuff they down? They pulled down a Teddy Roosevelt and an Abraham Lincoln, screaming no colonization, so I don't know. I don't Abraham know. Lincoln? Teddy Roosevelt's on your side, progressives, but I guess it's anything that Abe was... freed the friggin' slaves. I guess it's a... Um, Grew up starving poor. He was enslaved himself. Well, it's part of the old white men thing, though, right? Oh, so it's uh, mindless hate. It's deconstructing. Mindless hate. Anyway, I don't Combined know, with Marxism. Stuff. That right. and other stuff on the way. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. hearings i've never seen anything like this with these giant pictures of ailing people it actually reminds me of the courtroom of john wayne gacy not not amy comey barrett <laughs> wow. i mean it, uh, he had the same pictures all around the courtroom these really are not her victims it'd be hard to come away visually without thinking that she was threatening these individuals but that's the disconnect with this aca case the aca in most likelihood will not be struck down uh, John Roberts and uh, yeah, well, yeah, the the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare. Obamacare is not going away, even if ACB's on the court, which she will be within days. Um, that's just that's just a lie. But it's it's what you know, it's what politicians do. Both sides do it. I get it. But uh, wow, God dang it! And, if the and media if they would were do... to strike it down, chapter and verse, they would say uh, we're we're also issuing a an injunction, a temporary injunction, to give you all a chance to straighten this out, so millions of people aren't thrown off their health care. It's just not going to happen. What the, what Biden's saying? No. You're going to die. You get COVID, you're going to die. No pre-existing conditions with the Republicans. And as usual, the Republican Party has done a poor job of rebutting it, that accusation. So they're holding up pictures of dead people and blaming it on ACB, <laughs> which is kind of interesting. Ah, uh, what? Um, and then I saw one of the Michigan sen- uh, senator from Michigan, he told a story about how his wife would have died uh, in childbirth, if they had not aborted the baby, and that they're, you know, then obviously the conclusion being they'll do away with this sort of thing. She no, would have died if Amy Coney Barrett is on the Supreme Court. No, she wouldn't have. Right. Nope, that's never going to happen. Oh, boy. I, I actually, look, I'm not that old a guy. I got more pepper than salt going. Uh, I remember when we used to disagree about policy and say, well, as, as Ben Sachs salt pointed than pepper, out. I think you. No more pepper than salt. I got more black oh, hair, you're not dark hair. That than... old a guy. Exactly. That's you're what saying, I'm saying. Saying you're young. I'm not like eighty. Okay. I'm not like a junior senator. Eighty. Uh, I remember when we used to have respectful <laughs> disagreements about policy. I think that's a great idea, but it's too expensive. Well, I think we need to invest the money. Maybe we could take it from over here. That's an interesting solution. I guess I'll vote for it. Uh, but now you, you accuse people of everything, up to and including vampirism. I mean, it's just well, incredible. I'm that. Well, right. Well, you should be. 
Then you got the Antifa lunatics, these crazed young extremists who just have no freaking idea what they're talking about, tearing down uh, statues of Lincoln for the love of heaven in Portland, and and F and, uh, and 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 Teddy Roosevelt. It's just. I don't know. We've lost our minds. Yeah, we have. And I worry about where we're headed. As I mentioned earlier, I've been in this John Brown kick because this miniseries on Showtime is out. And uh, I'm into the history of that. And a lot of it occurred in my home state of Kansas and that sort of thing. But we had, you know, gradually gotten um, less willing to have reasonable conversations in politics. Year by year, decade by decade, up until the point that the violence started and then leading to the Civil War. And I just worry that we're going there now. Mm-hmm. And that Trey Gowdy mentioned that when Amy Coney Barrett's, you know, uh, the, the guy she worked for and idolizes, Antonin Scalia, got confirmed, not a single dissenting Democrat vote. Right. Not a single vote. Now nobody's going to vote for her, and she's in the same vein of politics. Right. That's how much it's changed in that amount of time. Mm-hmm. And then how many further years down the line do you end up with a with a situation like the guy being beaten almost to death there in the chamber in the 1800s? Um, what's his name? His name escapes me all of a sudden. The mm. caning of... Calhoun or... No, what's his name? Uh, God dang it. I can't believe Hum-king? I put it out of my head. Um... um it's yeah, I know. Really I know the incident. That's flipped out of my yeah. head. But so he'd given a he'd given a really uh, uh, powerful speech against uh, slaveholders. Charles Sumner. Yeah, Charles Sumner. Sumner. Jeez, that's, that, I kept wanting to say Sumner, it's but it's scary that I couldn't bring that to the front of my mind. But anyway, you have the internet. Charles Sumner gave a very you know over the top speech that was probably not cool, uh, invoking mistresses and whatnot about some of his. Uh, opponents Ooh. in the slavery argument, yeah. and w- one of their children or cousins came back with a cane and beat him almost to death. Beat him on the floor. He was underneath his desk, couldn't get out from underneath it. There, in the, where they do the, the debate. Right, right. Beat him and beat him and beat him. Almost killed him. He was never right ever again. Mm-hmm. How close are we to that? Well, we're having people executed in the streets right now. A fellow was shot in Denver, shot to death. My, my only by point the is, crowd. we're going that direction. And nobody seems to be interested in putting any brakes on it. Right. Yeah. Uh, so getting back to the uh, the tearing down of the statues of Lincoln, which is just uh, idiotic. I mean, it's beyond idiotic. Um, and, and Teddy Roosevelt and just got to tear them down because they're white men. They're of the past. A couple of thoughts from Orwell. Jack, can you give us like a 30 second summary of Orwell's life and career? Uh, he grew up middle upper class white guy, like a lot of people that are out on the streets today. And for some reason turned socialist. And, uh, I think he died believing in socialism, but not in the same way. Yeah. Um, he, he warned people about the dangers of, of socialism, but yeah. a couple of things from Orwell. Number one, he said this, um, just directly, this is not one of his books, but the most effective way to destroy people is to deny and obliterate their own understanding of their history. So that's what the Marxists in the street are doing. <clears throat> they're trying to deny and obliterate our understanding of our own history. Um, and then Orwell, in 1984, describing the, the growth of a totalitarian regime, every record has been destroyed or falsified. Every book rewritten. Every picture has been repainted. Every statue and street building has been renamed. Every date has been altered. And the process is continuing day by day and minute by minute. History has stopped. Nothing exists except an endless present 
in which the party is always right. Well, that's interesting. Every date has been changed. If you've ever seen that uh, backdrop for the 1619 project where they cross out 1776 and put up 1619 as the founding date. But how about that? Every statue has been either torn down or renamed. Every building, every law school, every medical center, every historical fort or whatever. Um, Nothing exists except an endless present in which the party is always right. It's really interesting. That is exactly what is happening right now. And that's why you have to fight it. I mean, if, if you want the argument to be had over whether there should be a Robert E. Lee Middle School... Uh, that's fine, but have the argument carefully and soberly, um, and and don't just let the angry twenty-year-old social majors in the streets make the decision for you, because they're a nuts and b so deluded by their fervent ideology that, that they're like a fevered animal, like my dog last night. There was some wild beast at the edge of our yard. I couldn't reason with him. I couldn't talk to him. He was he had gone wild. He lost his mind. And a lot of the people tearing down statues of Abe Lincoln are very much like Baxter the dog. But things have changed so much so fast. If it continues on this trajectory, where are we in five years or ten years? A great deal of violence and extremism. Almost certainly. Yeah. And, and like I said, nobody seems to be willing to try to put the brakes on this thing.